When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. How the devil are you? Oh, it's Thursday, Craig, and you're back with another episode. Yes, that is correct. But slightly different episode this week, isn't it? Because it's just, it's me and it's you. You've sent in some questions and I thought, well, we're in February now. That'd be quite a nice thing to do, wouldn't it? Um, But let's rewind back to last week. Thank you so much for all the, the wonderful messages and emails that you sent regarding Arthur Darvel's episode. It was fantastic, wasn't it? And I loved it. I knew what you were going to say, that it was like, you know, two old mates chatting, because that's exactly what it felt like. Um, and yes, in answer to everybody going, are you going to do another one? Yes, we're definitely going to do another one, and we're going to do it in person, um, hopefully in London. And we're going to have a cup of tea. Um, now, you know on this podcast, I tend not to talk about uh, work too much but i have to tell you something that i did last week that i would uh, that was you know i'm always saying about the things that are terrifying with regards to work and um so a month or so ago i got an email via the office asking if i would like to be involved in uh the play what i wrote now if you don't know what the play what i wrote is uh give it a google it's about it's kind of a homage to Morecambe and Wise really and if you don't know who Morecambe and Wise are they are widely regarded as you know the greatest double act um the greatest comedy double act that the the UK has produced um influenced so many people anyway what they do in this play is, um, you know how Ernie Wise would always write a play. If this means nothing to you, then you just fast forward or go with it. So Ernie Wise always tends to write a play and then they get a guest star to come on and, and be in this play and everything kind of goes horribly wrong, but it's it's an absolute hoot and it's all very, very funny. Um, so in this play they always ask uh, a guest star to come on and they asked me if I would get involved when they come to Manchester. And I thought, well, yeah, I mean, I haven't been on stage for six years. Uh, This could be terrifying. And what a nice way to kick off the year. And I thought it'd be very funny. Now, I only had, (laughs) I'm not joking here, about two hours rehearsal. And then I was on stage on the Thursday night. And... I'm standing in the wings waiting to come on for my queue and I didn't, I'd forgotten about how nerve wracking it is when you can hear the audience 
and you see the lights and you're about to step into the void. My God, it was a huge buzz. Um, it really was. And uh, I want to thank um, the whole Play What I Wrote team um, and the brilliant actors, uh, Dennis, Tom and Mitesh, who I worked with. Um, and... Matthew and Alexi, who were the incredible understudies, who, I'm not joking, every night before I went on, um, we'd have half an hour in Alexi's dressing room and they would run the lines with me. I mean, it's something we did uh, every night. Every night I was only on 30 Friday, Saturday, but they did it uh, and they're brilliant. Uh, now, the play What I Wrote is on tour. Please, please, please. If you need a laugh, and look, we all need a laugh, go and see it. It's such fun. I guarantee you'll you'll walk out of that theatre buzzing. It's it's a great, great night out. Um, and it's not long. It's not long. It's not, you know, you're not going to the theatre for three and a half hours. No, this is, um, it's a short play, but it's brilliant. Um, if you want to go and see Three Kings of Comedy on stage uh, and a guest star get... Uh, completely roasted, then go and see it. They've they've had some brilliant people on. Um, I'm not going to say, oh, this comes out this week. They're in Chichester this week, and they've got a proper Hollywood star on. Yeah, I can't tell you who it is, but if you go, go and see it, and, uh, yeah, you'll love it. So the play what I wrote on tour, go and see it. It's really good. Um yeah, so uh, this is uh, the Two Shot Podcast Q&A episode. Should we get into it? Okay, let's go. Hello. Now, before we get started with this week's Q&A episode, I really want to give a Patreon backers shout out because, let's face it, it has been ages since we've said a massive thank you to everybody that supports us over on patreon.com slash twoshoppod. Some people are in for a bit. Some people drop off. Some people come back. Some people increase what they pay. Some people decrease. That's just the way it is. And it's just a really sound model and it works for us. And um, for everybody that supports us, on Patreon, there's going to be some new things coming very soon. Okay? The next few months are going to be very interesting. Um, but before that, I want to give a massive shout-out to each and every one of you. So I'm going to do that now. This is going to be long, but I mean it when I say it. Thank you so, so much. It's You know, you make this podcast. You support us. So thank you so much. Samantha Gilmore. Ben Seahawks, good name. Sarah Barnett, Fenja Mayer, Vanessa O'Brien. Look, forgive me if I mispronounce anybody's name here. Vanessa O'Brien, thank you. Miranda, Ian Draycott, Jen Chesters, Sarah Jackson, Sally Wood. Thank you, Sally. I didn't know that. Kath Brandon, Jennifer Kokoran, Kokoran, Kokoran. Kukoran, Jennifer Kukoran, thank you, Jennifer. Helen Zachariasen, thank you. Nancy Keating, good name. Steve Thompson, Sol Talby, how are you doing, Sol? Are you at drama school yet? Let us know what is going on. Uh, Daniel Farday, 
Terry Blackburn. Terry Blackburn. I mean, Terry, are you a boxing promoter? That is a great name. Joe Freeman. Karen Burns, our lovely friend, Georgina Tripp. Shaheen Beg, who is the best. Verity Calvert. Uh, Jack, who wants to remain uh, slightly anonymous there. Thank you, Jack. James Harkness. Thank you, buddy. Alison Page. Catherine. Ben Hewis, thank you. Oh, the very lovely Lucy Shearer. Ella Murtha, thank you, Ella. Lots of love. Sarah Renee. Sarah Renee, thank you. Perry O'Day, thank you. Louise Clark, get in. Deanne Brown. Oh, the master, Mr. Andy Nyman. Thank you, Andy. If you haven't heard Andy Nyman's episodes, we've got two of them. They're absolute crackers. Go back now and listen to them both because he is brilliant. Uh, Matty Castledon, thank you. Barry Cullen, Malcolm Ball, Moma Sharty, how are you, darling? Thank you. Matthew Egan, Megan Maguire, Lem Rye, Monica Taggart, hi, Monica. Joyce Bird, how are you? Brendan McAvoy, thank you. Laura Whitaker, Amanda Doran, Bex B, Kate F, Elizabeth Seidel, how are you? Helen, Stockport Garrett Youth Theatre, thank you guys, that's really kind. Christine, hiya, Louise, brilliant. Claire M. Wilson, Jessica Pell, hi Jess, Ryan Norrie, Laura Durham, how are you? Uh, Laurie Blair, Heather Moran, Graham Bass, James Bordley, Sarah Diamond, you are a diamond, thank you. Erica Mackay, Samantha Knight, Luke Morrison, Richard Catmore, thank you, Mr. Catmore. It still feels very odd. Basically, Richard Catmore, massive influence on me growing up because he was my deputy headmaster at high school. And um, yeah, anyway, that's another podcast. Thank you, Richard. Hugh Yeeman. Dick Wilde, Fiona Fisher, Susan Wilson, Kaylee McCants, Jacqueline Jackson, Alex Facey, everybody's got bloody great names. Simon Kirk, thank you. David Ashby, the very mysterious Jan, thank you. Chris Johnson, oh, and guess who's coming up next? Costume designer extraordinaire of Doctor Who, the wonderful Mr. Ray Holman. Sarah Jane Hargrave, thank you. Nick Perrins, thanks, Nick. Lauren Marshall, Vivian Rose, Heather Weir, Tara Mullock, oh, Lewis Milroy, Lindsay Genevieve, Lindsay Genevieve, thank you, Lindsay. Adele Silver, thank you, Adele. Oh, Shane Atwall, what an absolute pleasure. Speaking of brilliant episodes, Shane Atwall, do go back. Claudia Zek, thank you. What's going on? Everybody's got just brilliant names. Uh, Catherine Britton, bless you. Halla Magood. Halla Magood. Sorry, Halla. Halla Magood. Magood? Magood. Thank you, Halla. Brilliant. Uh, Peter Fletcher, bless you. Wendy C. Kelly Santos. And not forgetting Denise Carter. Each and every one of you support us however big, however small, each month. And me and Griff give you a kiss on both cheeks. Thank you. And now, let's get going with today's Q&A episode. 
Okay, so we got our first email is from Navida Hussein. Hello, Navida. I hope you're well. I don't know where you are in the world, um, but I hope all is good with you. Um, Navida goes on to say, after saying some very nice things, just to say, right, when we go into these emails, I'm not going, you know, I'm like, in fact, one of the emails says, I know you don't take compliments very well. Um, it's not one of those podcasts. Yeah. You're fans of the podcast and you're part of the community and we're very, very grateful. So I'm not going to say um, and repeat the lovely things that you say on the emails, but we've read them and it's very much appreciated. I'm not sort of um, putting them to one side. It is very much appreciated, but I'm not going to read those out. I'm just going to read the questions. So um, thank you, Navida, for saying lovely things. Uh, So... Navida goes on to say, she said, I like how in January you had wonderful conversations with brilliant chefs. I know, Navida, we did too. It was a real buzz. Uh, Will you be wanting to do more of this, i.e. have themes each month? Well, it would be nice, but best laid plans and all. Uh, The thing is, I actually didn't plan on having three weeks of back-to-back chefs. It's just the way that the dates went. And we thought, well, let's clump them all together because um, we've got them. And because as, as you listened, you know, three chefs, three wildly different stories uh, about their industry and how they take it on board. So, yeah, it would be nice. It would be nice. I have – there's another email coming up later that asks for a certain chef um, – and we are getting into that. But again, it's just about dates. So, Navida, yeah, I would like to do that. Um, but it would just depend if it's possible, you know, if we've got, if the dates align. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad everybody enjoyed that. They were, uh, they were great people. And anybody knows me knows that how much I love chefs and cooking. So it was a real, uh, it was a good time to sort of geek out about that ben wyatt hello ben i hope you're well thank you thank you thank you um i'm very pleased that you're enjoying the little extras on patreon now speaking of patreon um i want you to listen at the end and there's going to be a big big shout out for every single person it might take a while Every single person that supports us on Patreon, no matter how small, every little helps. That's that's not enough for Tesco. Um, so Ben is very helpful. He's got a handful of questions. Um, oh, yes, it goes on. There's seven questions now, Ben. You know we can't um, we can't answer all of these. And some people have asked your number two episode, so we might get. Onto that later on. Um, well, let's kick off at the top, shall we? Uh, ben asks, what has been the most rewarding thing about starting your own podcast and what has been the most challenging? Um, well, in the five years, it, 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 it never runs as smoothly as what you want to. Because as I've said before, you know, people have to reschedule, people pull out, dates get messed up. So I think... Because I'm the sole person that books all the guests. We don't, myself and Griff don't have any help like that. We do it all ourselves. So that 
is time consuming and going back and forth is really hard. And also, where are you? Where are we in the UK? It's like, oh, well, I'm in London. That means we've got to do it remotely. And you know that I don't like doing them remotely anymore. And I think it adds, I hope it adds a real difference when you hear that myself and the guest are in the same room. Plus, you know, when Griff's there, you can do the little videos and shoot amazing stills, which really, really helps. So, um, yeah, booking the guests it, it has always been quite challenging and it doesn't get any easier, let me tell you. Um, but I suppose one of the most rewarding things is the freedom. The freedom that we have. This is our, our own, you know, purely independent podcast. Um, so, yeah, it's the freedom that we can have whoever we want on. We're not at the behest of, you know, massive sponsors saying what we can and can't say, who we can have on, or we're being pushed to have certain people on because they've got promotion. You know, there's plenty of other podcasts where you can do that. That, you know, it isn't the one. It's not interesting. It's certainly not interesting for me, and I don't think it'd be interesting for you either. So, Ben, yeah, I think the actual freedom that that allows us to broaden the net and have rich and interesting people come on and tell the stories. Um, Should we move on? You've got loads of questions there, Ben, and I tell you what, I'm going to keep that on file uh, because no doubt we will do other Q&As over the year, possibly live in person. Lorraine Howard, hello. I hope you're well. Um, So Lorraine is up in Ayrshire in Scotland and thanks for saying how much you love it that's great I'm really really pleased I'm really pleased it it helps now I hope you don't mind me reading this out Lorraine um now Lorraine was made redundant after 27 years in local newspapers and she's trying to get into university to study English teaching and she's an online interview where she has to pitch three reasons why she should get picked. Now, she's 46 and only ever been a local reporter. And she was wondering if I have any performance tips for selling myself online. Lorraine, it's a good question. Um, Well, first off, you're not selling yourself online. You know, you're going to be having hopefully a, a video meeting. So they're going to see you. Um, First off, uh, I would try and remain calm. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to answer this as if it's a meeting, because I've got no frame of reference really for this, but I can only tell you certain things that I would do if I'm meeting new people or new directors for a job and we're having a chat about the possibility uh, to see if there's uh, complicity between us and if we want to work together. Um, Be safe in the knowledge that you have a lot of experience, right, working in local newspapers, so with writing, with language, with meeting people, I take it. So if I'm meeting someone for the first time, 
I suppose I don't sell myself too much. I try and relax as much as I can because I suppose there's nothing worse if you're too hungry and too thirsty, even though if you really want the job. I suppose try and relax a little bit into it and know what what you're good at, what your skill set is. And let's face it, you know, look, no one's good at everything and that's totally fine. But be safe in the knowledge about what your skill set is. So I would say be calm first off, yet know what you have to offer and, and push that and try not to overthink. We all have a tendency in, in overthinking and worrying. And the thing is, after after you've had the meeting, there's no doubt that you'll replay it in your mind hundreds of times probably. Oh, why did I say that? Oh, I should have done that. Look, of course. But the thing is, if somebody wants to work with you, then they'll want to work with you as a person because you're, you seem like a decent person. So try not to upsell. Try not to sell something that you aren't, I suppose. And try and have the confidence but I suppose make sure it doesn't tip over into arrogance because it's a fine balance. You know what I mean? You want to be confident. You want to show what you've got, but you don't want to be arrogant about it. Do you know what I mean? Is that, does that help in any way, Lorraine? Look, good luck with your interview. And I know it's probably been quite rocky after all that time. Um, but do you know what? I know it's a cliche, but... One door closes, another door opens. This is a new start for you. It's a new path. And do you know what? You're only 46. It's great. It's fantastic. Go get it. Do you know what, Lorraine? I reckon they'd be lucky to have you. Let us know how you get on. Hello, Samantha Gilmore. How are you? Hello, Craig and Griff. Yes, hello. Oh, speaking of Griff, let me just um, interrupt Samantha's question before we get going on that to say that... There are a few uh, questions that people have submitted for Griff. Um, uh, in fact, this could possibly be one of them. Um, but he isn't here, and he's up to his neck finishing off um, some work at the moment. So he sends his apologies. Um, but I'm sure next time we do a Q&A, we'll do it together. Um, so I'll say you can submit your questions to Griff as well next time um, and he'll be there answering them with bells on, no doubt. So Samantha, hello. My question this time is about how you cope with the balance of having a public profile while trying to maintain some sense of privacy. Social media is great for lots of reasons, oh, debatable, but it must feel very strange to know that thousands of people are interested in your daily goings on. I don't know if they are, Samantha, to be honest. Um, do you ever get the urge to sneak off to a cabin in the woods for a quiet life? Um, it's a tricky thing, social media. It's a, it's a bit of a, a balancing act, isn't it? I think if you go back to earlier episodes, and I'm talking like the first 10, I was just sort of 
getting to grips with social media because the only reason really why I joined social media was to spread word of the podcast. And also it's a very, it's a tool. I find it a very, very useful tool um, to book guests and and shout out and promote the podcast because that's the best way of doing it. You know, its reach is fantastic because it gets us all around the world. Later on, we've got um, some listeners from America who've submitted questions uh, and Spain and Germany. So it, it throws it out there. And, yeah, so I think, let's be honest, if we didn't have the podcast, if I didn't have the podcast, I don't, I seriously don't know whether I would be on it. Um, but the thing is, being an actor, you have a, a sense of responsibility to promote your work. The production companies, they tend not to ask you to do it, but, and it's certainly not frowned upon if you don't. But let's be honest, they do like it because it gets people watching the television or going to the cinema or going to the theatre, whatever you're doing. Um, so again, that's that's a balancing act. But I tend, anybody who follows me on social media, I tend not to do too many personal posts. I don't think I do. Like, I mean, what was I doing last week? I took my friend's daughter I managed to get my friend's daughter tickets to see uh the band idols in manchester and being a middle-aged man and taking a a 21 year old to a very loud gig um yeah i was a bit nervous so i think i, I posted something and you know i think it was quite funny but yes you know, things like that i tend not to talk too much about anything else because, let's be honest, who really cares? You know, um, I never get into debates or arguments on social media. I think you're just screaming into the void. If you're frustrated, if you're getting frustrated, just delete notifications, you know, or just come off social media for a bit. So... Samantha, I hope that answers your question. But do I ever get the urge to sneak off into a cabin in the woods? Um, not really. But I would like to go to a cabin in the woods on a holiday and not have the internet for a bit. That would be nice. Um, she does have a little cheeky second question here, if I may. She says, you may, Samantha. <laughs> now, this is a question that we'll find out from Griff next week. But she says, could we please have an episode with the lovely Griff as a guest? It would be great to know more about his background, how he got into producing, previous projects, etc. Um, well, Griff, that's one for you. Would you like to... I mean, I, I don't know if you would, but it's uh, we'll find out the answer to, to that question next week. Samantha. Birdie Bergen, hello. I don't know where you are, but I hope you're well and everything is okay. Um, you and Griff have been doing this now for five years. Do you find it easier or harder to get people on the podcast? I kind of think we've answered that. Um, let's just say it doesn't get any easier, you know, scheduling. I've got somebody that I'm not going to say 
who is currently working between here and New York. And because of the current situation with flights and uh, the, yeah, the pandemic, um, we booked in and then we've had to cancel. Then she's, you know, she's had to isolate and now they've pushed, you know, so it's just, we're going to do it. But yeah, in that respect, it's kind of harder. I think it's harder. Um, Yeah, I think it's harder, but you know what? It's, uh, it's just another, another challenge. Sarah Barnett. Thank you so much for, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I am going to, I am going to read out this compliment because I think it's important. So Sarah, she says, evening. She said, firstly, I'd like to say thank you for the podcast. And she says that she had a really shitty summer, autumn for all sorts of reasons. And going out for a walk with the podcast honestly helped her mental health so much, especially with the Joe Gilgan episodes and Joe Tresini's episodes. Um, and knowing that there were others out there struggling too was a massive comfort. You see, that's why I wanted to read that out because we get so many um, emails saying how much they can relate to certain people's episodes and what they're going through. And it is a major comfort to know, you know, because if you are struggling, you can feel sometimes a burden or you don't want to talk or you don't want to bother people and you think you're the only one. And, and you know, look, here's an email from Sarah now. She, you know, she's not the only one. And it's good to know. It's good to know that. Um, and she does say, I know you've got good with compliments, so I'll move on. Yes, you're right. I'm not good with compliments, Sarah, but thank you. That means a lot. I'm really, really pleased that other people's stories helped. Um, oh, she's done something lovely here, which is quick fire questions. Beach or forest? Sarah Barnett asks. Well, do you know what? I'm going to go with forest. I do love a walk and a ramble. Um, now, if I was on my own, yeah, I think forest. It's been such a long time since I've been on a beach. I've no idea. I can relate more to rambling about in a forest recently. Um, Twitter or Instagram? Well, I think we've kind of covered that question. Um, kind of neither, really, I think. Uh, you've got to choose one, haven't you? Oh, God. Ugh. Uh, Instagram, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Apple or banana? Banana. Of course. Come on. Such a so versatile. You can grill it on the barbecue. You can stick it in your porridge. Has anybody seen Nigella Lawson cook a banana skin curry? Yeah, I'm not joking. So she soaks the banana skin, I think, in water and a little bit of white wine vinegar uh, for a few hours, and then she makes a curry paste, and then she chops the banana skins up and cooks them in the curry paste. And then I think she had some like some chickpeas or something like that. And she says when she gives it guests, they think it's aubergine, but it's not. It's a banana skin. So look, there's nothing left of banana. So yeah, obviously, banana. Look up the Nigella Lawson recipe uh, if you fancy that. I'm not sure. Um, cats or dogs, Sarah uh, asks. Um, look, cats, 
all day long. Uh, not that I, I don't like dogs, but doing what I do, it, as much as sometimes I think, yeah, I quite like a, a little mate knocking around, it would be irresponsible for me because dogs would get lonely if I'm away for a bit or, you know, if you've got the cat, someone's popping in, saying hello, giving them feed, giving, giving them feed, giving them their food and the humans can go away. So, yes, cats. Early bird or night owl, Sarah asked. Well... I want to say both, but I can't, obviously, because I'm a bit of both. But I would say early bird, to be honest. Um, I very rarely have a lion. I had a lion last week for the first time because, you know, because of being on stage and I had a lot of adrenaline uh, pulsing through my body on the Thursday night. So on the Friday, I had a, a big lion till about like 9.30, which is big for me. A TV or book? Well, again... That really depends, doesn't it? Because look, I'm going to go with book. If I had the time, book all day long. But sometimes you just need bite-sized morsels of culture, and that's what television can provide. Concert or comedy show? Uh, well, I do love a good laugh. So I'm going to say comedy show. I remember when I lived in... In New York, years and years and years ago, um, and I was wandering around looking for a comedy show to go to, and I found one. And I just went in, and they said, oh, "Here's the bill." I hadn't heard of anybody, and you know what it's like sometimes in comedy shows. People just pop in and do like a, a tight ten or whatever. And anyway, for fans of Kirby Enthusiasm, it had just come out when I was in New York, and who pops up on stage to do? a very solid, like, 15 or 20. It was Richard Lewis from Curb Your Enthusiasm, and he was brilliant, brilliant. Um, uh, chewing gum on mints, chewing gum, Mars or Snickers, Snickers, or if you're my age, you'll, you know, marathon. Uh, gin or vodka, well, I'm going to have to say um, a nice vodka martini in the sunshine but only two otherwise they do knock you on your ass kate brain brain sorry kate kate bainbridge how are you kate um let's see she asks any news on potential live podcast stop asking kate no not yet kate um we will be i've told you we will be keep this frequency clear um Let's let's get over these first few months first, and then we'll dig into this. She says, Craig, after the success of the Obsessed with Line of Duty podcast, are there any other shows that you have been in or not that you would like to do an Obsessed with podcast about? Um, look, I really... That was my first time hosting a podcast that had, as you listened to it, if you did listen to it, a very different structure to to what we do here um it involved a lot of hard work a lot of homework um and everything was edited and whittled down to like 35 40 minutes um and whilst i i loved working with the bbc sounds team um yeah it was uh, it took up a lot of my time and it was it was kind of hairy at times because I was, you know, I'm on deadlines. And, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. It was an enjoyable experience, but at this moment in time, I would say probably not. Probably not do another sort of obsessed with. Well, you never know. It depends what I get asked to do. Um, but it's not something that I would be actively chasing. Okay, if I'm honest. Uh, where are we going now? Let's have a look. I'll tell you what, what we'll do, let's have a little break there. Oh, that's dropped. Um, everybody go and have a cup of tea, nip to the loo, and, uh, we'll meet back here in a bit. And we are back. Um, have you got a cup of tea? Yeah? Okay, let's get back into it. Um, Catherine Lindsay. Hello, Catherine. I hope you are very well. She's going to limit herself to three questions. Well, um, I'm only going to answer one, but what we'll do, like uh, Ben's questions, we'll keep it on file and we'll come back to it. So let's pick number two. What got you kicked out of Amdram in Blackpool as a teenager? Okay, first off, it was in... Um, it was in St. Anne's. Um, it was... I'd only done one show with them, and it was pantomime. That was like my intro. Oh, no, actually, that I'd done two. So um, after the pantomime, they were doing... They tend to kind of do... They, they were doing musicals at the time. I was only about... What was I? I'd gone to college, so maybe I was about 14... 15. Um, and it's funny, Andram, because uh, you kind of audition and then there's a committee and they cast it. And I thought it was a bit of a racket, if I'm honest, because the same people kept getting the great parts and, you know, young newbies such as myself who, uh, who look... I was probably a loudmouth, bullshit teenager. And I, when the casting decisions were, decisions were made, I uh, I kind of let them have it and told them that I thought it was a bit of a racket and it wasn't fair um, and uh, probably upset a few people, certainly kicked up stink. And uh, they said, well, if you don't like it, then uh, you're going to have to go. So uh, I did. I did. Oh. All the arrogance of youth. Um, yeah, so, uh, but, you know, I, I like to say I learnt my lesson. I probably didn't. Um, but I moved on. Uh, and uh, for anybody listening who is, uh, who's <laughs> still part of that um, amateur dramatic society, then I, I would like to uh, apologise for my... Behavior. I just had to go into the kitchen and check on my little break while you were probably going to the toilet or having a cup of tea. I, anybody who knows me knows that I'm not a baker. But I'm attempting to make, at the moment, um, bow buns from scratch as, as a, a little exercise. So um, my bow dough that I've made has been proofing for two hours and now I've got to uh, give it a punch add my baking powder, and then I've got to let it prove for another 90 minutes. Just thought I'd keep you updated on what is going on in my kitchen. Um, now, Christine Blackmer, how are you? 
Now, let's have a look here. Thank you, all very nice. Oh, that's right, she's just sending love from Virginia. She doesn't really have a question. But thank you, Christine. That's as that's as lovely as ever. Kath Bove. Hello, Kath, what's going on? Let me have a drink of tea. Who is on my list of people to come on but can't come on for scheduling issues? Can I say? Not really. I will let you into a little secret. I never do this, do I? But I've no doubt that it's going to come off. Next Monday, I am opening the front door of my house and I'm welcoming in uh, my friend, the brilliant actor, Mr. John Sim. Yes, John Sim is coming round for a cup of tea next Monday morning. And that is going to be next Thursday's episode. So there's a little sneak peek for you. Um, she also asks, can you have that chef on Angela something? Well, you, I, th- I believe you mean Angela Hartnett. And the answer to that question is yes. Uh, I met Angela in my 20s. Like, I think it was before she started or may, it may have been at the time when she was working with Gordon Ramsay. Um, so I know if through friends, I have been in contact with her. Um, but if anybody listened to the food program on Radio 4, you can still get it on um, on BBC Sounds. They did a little profile piece on her with other chefs talking about her and her history and getting into the world. And it was only short. It was only like 25 minutes or so. Um, but we'll be delving into that when... Um, Angela comes on. I'm hoping that we can go down to London and we can record in um, in one of her restaurants. Basically, I'm hoping she'll cook for me because she's brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to spending time with Angela because she's great and I haven't seen her for years. So, Kath, thank you for that question. Um, Emma Davies Williams, how are you? Let's have a look here. Um, oh, this is interesting. She, she asked two questions, um, but I'm going to go with the second one. Craig and Griff, some of the episodes have been really emotional. How do you both deal with these emotions afterwards? Well, obviously, Griff isn't here and I can't speak for him. And forgive me if I'm repeating myself here. There was a time, I think, in the first or possibly second year, and it was all new to me. I was still learning. Um, And I I could remember this so well. I was living in Gloucestershire at the time, and I was getting the train back from Paddington, and I think we'd recorded too many. That's, That's what we recorded, too many episodes in one day. It might have been four... And two of them were pretty heavy emotionally. And when you're new to it, you've, you're taking these people's stories in because you're listening to them and you're you you're interacting and you're you're guiding them in a way. You want them to, to speak openly and, and freely and, and say what they have to say. But obviously, you've, you've as a, a you know a host or an interview or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I was too good at that time, but um, I was learning, and it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was tricky. It was tricky to deal 
with those emotions because you've got those people's stories sort of swimming around in your head. And it's, um, it, at that time, it was very difficult to process it because it was all new to me. So I remember I was on the train home and I couldn't stop thinking about these people's stories that I just sat with for like an hour or, or longer. And it, I, I remember feeling incredibly sad and I just started crying on the train. It was like, I was going, why am I so upset? I didn't realise at the time. Um, but it's because I had no filter system. I didn't understand how to leave it where it was and not take it home with me, which is something I've learned over the years is to, I mean, look, when you sat down and you're listening to people for forever length of time, you I mean, you wouldn't really be a human if, if, certain darker stories or emotional stories touched you but it's about how you process and how you filter those so they don't affect you later on or they come back and slap you in the face so yeah i remember that but it's um i think it's just been a learning curve to be honest emma um so that's how i deal with it is just do more podcasts and try and learn and be uh be better at, at filtering um Oh, lovely Carmen. Hello, Carmen from Spain. I don't know where you are in Spain. Carmen, I love Spain. I can't wait to get back. Um, I really want to go to Seville. Anybody been to Seville? It sounds lovely, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, thank you for saying lovely things, Carmen. And yes, you do have a question for Griff, but sadly, we'll have to put that on the back burner for now. So, Carmen... Um, Oh, yes. Craig, it seems you are an authentic foodie. How would you describe your passion for food? When and where did it begin? Oh, well, as anybody knows who's listened to this, they know that if I need to relax, then... Look, basically, I'm not good at sitting down and not doing anything. I need to be doing something. Um... So if I need to relax, I'm going to go into the kitchen. Like As I've just mentioned, my experiment with the, the bow bun seems to be going well. Touch wood so far. Um, so, yeah, I would try out new recipes or dig around in a book that I've got, one of my many sort of cookbooks, and that's my phone falling over, and see if um, see what inspires me and see what's in the fridge and see if I can push myself and test myself. Um, but I suppose it started really um, at drama school when I was sort of living by myself for the first time in London. And, look, you know what it's like when you're a student. It's so... Like, I was working at Peter Hut throughout drama school, so, you know, you can end up just living on a diet of pizzas, which, you know, for a time, I suppose, when your metabolism's great, it's fantastic, but... I started off a way that many people started off, you know, making the cottage pies, making the lasagnas um, for everybody else and learning. And it, But I suppose what I was missing when I was at drama school was a, a Sunday roast dinner. So I thought, well, I need to perfect that. Um, so I needed to get the roast potatoes right, but more importantly, I needed to get that gravy right and make the Yorkshire puddings rise and not just go 
to um, the freezer section and buy ready-cooked Yorkshire puddings. Don't get me started on that. That's a whole other podcast. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's where it started at drama school. And I've just, um, you know, as with as with anything, as with hosting a podcast or acting, you just you keep going and you make loads of mistakes and then you kind of get better at it. Okay, well, um, I think we're going to have to leave it there because uh, that's quite long enough, me naturally on. But thank you, and I hope, I'm sorry if we didn't get to your questions, but um, time is of the essence, and I've got to go and uh, beat some bowdo in the kitchen. So thank you so much for submitting the questions. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll do it again. And, you know, when we do live shows, if you're going to come, make sure you've got some questions in your back burner because I might be throwing the uh, the mic out to you, all right? So, uh, until next week, thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, telling your friends, reaching out to us on social media. It's a great community we've developed here, and long may it continue. Thank you so much. And look, until next week, I've been Craig Parkinson, he's been producer Griff, and this has been your Two Shot Podcast. Take care. See you next week. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers.